Hello, Vincent and Kimberly. Hello. <laughs> we are so happy that you guys woke up very early for us. Thank you so much for making the time and the sacrifice of your sleep for us. We're glad to do it. <laughs> glad to be here. Well, we know that the kiddos are asleep right now, and rightfully so. <laughs> so we're going to go yeah. ahead and we're going to have the opportunity to chat with you guys. And you guys can't tell, but we have a group of about 80 ladies here who are just excited to hear what the Lord's doing in the Philippines and to meet you guys. And you can see a few waivers mm -hmm. in the background. I don't know if you caught that. but <laughs> <laughs> So if we can just start off and let's have you guys tell us about how you each came to know the Lord. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, and so um, I grew up hearing the gospel, and um, I um, but what is, and I always thought that I believed in the Lord, but then as I got to high school, I really had a lot of questions, and I had um, just, what was true faith? Did I have true faith? And so I really met with my parents, and I did a lot of, um, also met with our youth pastor and his wife, and I spent a lot of time in scripture and really understanding um, and desiring um, to, to really know the Lord. And during that time, the Lord um, saved me. Uh, for me, I also grew up in a Christian home. My father was a pastor. My grandfather had been a pastor. And so I grew up hearing the gospel. Uh, my grandfather passed away when I was only five years old, so I didn't know him that well or um, I didn't get to know him that well. But under my dad's ministry at, at the church where I grew up, I heard the gospel many times. But I, I was one of those moral, outwardly moral, but I knew I wasn't saved and I didn't care. Uh, when my dad preached, I slept. But um, but the Lord got a hold of my heart one day when I was 15 years old. And uh, we had a revival service, typical revival service. I'm from the South. Um, and so we had a revival service. And, and through the witness of my aunt, my dad's sister, uh, she she witnessed to me, shared the gospel again with me, and said I need to be saved, and I understood that, and and that's when I came to know the Lord, and so um, that's how it was for me. So I was saved at the age of fifteen. Wow! Praise the Lord. How did you guys then meet, and then how did the Lord end up leading you to ministry in the Philippines? Um, both of us attended Columbia Bible College in Columbia, South Carolina, so we met at Bible College. Vincent was um, a um, senior, and I was a freshman, and so um, we met, and I actually had, um, I was really wanting to understand and study the Bible, and so he was a Greek student, so I was able to ask him um, my Greek questions, and so that's how we met, and we dated for several years, and then... Um, when I graduated, um, we got married that summer. Yeah, that was over 20, over 20 years ago. Yeah, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary this last August. Last August, so this August will be 21. That sounds like maybe it could be a little bit of an advertisement, perhaps, for a seminary. That Greek is very <laughs> interesting and maybe attractive to your future spouses. That's very good. <laughs> Actually, uh, the f we were married one year, and our first anniversary was our first Sunday at Grace Community Church. Yeah. So we came out for Vincent to go to seminary at the Master's Seminary. Yeah, we were at Grace Church from 97, August 97 to kind of like May of 2000. After that, I, I went and pastored two churches, uh, one church in Southern California in the Corona area for about three years. Then we went back east to the Raleigh area, back to North Carolina, and I worked on a THM degree there and pastored another church. 
But it was at the end of that ministry or end of that time of my THM program um, that we really started feeling the Lord call us to go overseas. And now I knew about the training centers. I was familiar with those even back in seminary in the late 90s because uh, men were going out from the seminary to those training centers. But um, I came to a shepherd's conference. I took like three years off from a shepherd's conference and finally came back. And that's where I heard about TMAI for the first time. And, and I'm thinking, what is TMAI? And once it was explained to me, then I realized that was connected with the training centers. Um, I, I, it's interesting. I signed the card to maybe go, because I was pastoring at the time. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just go over there and do a missions trip. Uh, go to one of the training centers that, you know, preach or teach or something. <clears throat> so I just signed the card. And, um, but I was, you know, by myself on the West Coast there at the Shepherds Conference. So I flew back home and um, I submitted that to the TMI table. And I didn't think much about it. But then when I got home uh, a few days later, Kim asked me, what's TMI? And I was like, what? And I, I'm like, and then I, then I, then I remembered signed the card. I said, I was going to tell you about this, but how would you, how would you already know? She said, you must have filled out a card. They already called asking for you. I'm like, what? And so, um, so anyway, that, uh, we got interested in going overseas and through a long process, God opened up the Philippines, uh, as a new training center. And so in 2009, we did our first major trip as a family here, spent about a month with the, the Ransom family. Um, they were the only family here at the time, and uh, so we spent about a month here and got to know them, and then the rest is history. We came here three years ago. We arrived three years ago, and the Luciano family arrived a few months after us, so we, um, we, we've been here ever since, and uh, we feel, we really know that this is where the Lord would have us to be, and you know, with TMEI, you have to make a long-term commitment. Um, this is not a three-year deal or a five-year program thing. This is a long-term commitment, and, and as long as the Lord keeps us here, uh, we're willing to be here for the duration. Um, we just feel like right now we're really getting started. That's exciting, and you guys have such a wonderful team, especially with the Ransom being there, Ransom's being there for so long, and the wonderful experience they have and offer, and the Luciano's joining you guys as well. It's very exciting. Before we start talking about the specific aspects of Philippine culture and your ministry there, can you tell us about the children? Because obviously we don't want to wake them right now, but we'd love to hear about them and tell us how many you have, what they're up to these days. Are you homeschooling or do they attend school? Tell us a little bit about them. We have five children. Um, our oldest is Meredith. She is um, 15 years old and she's in grade nine. We have Will, who is 12 years old and he is in grade six. We have Adam, who is eight years old, and he's in grade one. Bethany is um, six years old, and she's in kinder three, which is equivalent to kindergarten um, in the U.S. And then Ryan is three years old, and he's home. We originally homeschooled in the U.S., and our first year here we homeschooled, but then we really um, found that the children weren't making friends, and they were really just kind of isolated at our house. And so we prayed, and the Lord opened up a little neighborhood school, which we can actually walk to, and the children go to Filipino school now. And um, it's a different school schedule. Um, they start in June, and they end in March, and so the children are actually in the middle of their um, final exams right now. And so um, they will be finishing up in about the next week or two. So. And now how has the children's transition to the Philippines been? Has that been something that's been a struggle, or is that something that's been almost a natural thing for them? Um, we really 
were prayed a lot, and we had a lot of people praying for us because we were bringing older children um, over to the Philippines. But God has been so gracious, and the children have adjusted really well. Um, they have Filipino friends. Um, they are learning the language. Some at the school is um, partly in English and partly in Tagalog, um, which because um, actually Tagalog and English are both the national languages, and most people speak English here as well. Um, and so they really love it here. Um, one blessing is um, when we came over, our oldest daughter was 12 years old, and she was the one we were most concerned about, because, you know, this is a major change for her, and um, about six months into our stay here, she came to me and she said, Mom, I'm really glad that we moved here, and it really, we, we have been just truly blessed that our children love it here, they really um, just, um, they really feel that this is home, and so that um, has been a blessing. What an encouragement. Whenever we visit the States, you know, they'll say, no, we're visiting the U.S., but this is our home. So. That's so encouraging as a parent because obviously that's a, a good concern to have to make sure that you're helping your children through that time. And what a blessing just to have that affirmation from the Lord and hear that. That's a gives you great peace of mind. That's wonderful. Well, can you guys tell us? after living there now for some time, what are some of the most maybe unusual aspects of life or culture in the Philippines that were most unusual to you that you guys had to adjust to? I know that you guys told us when we were setting up Skype this morning that there are dogs barking out and roosters at this time in the morning that are waking up the neighborhood. So that might be one aspect. So what are some other aspects? Well, when we first arrived, uh, Sean and Jessica, one of the pieces of advice they gave us was, it's not wrong, it's just different. And so you will find that things are different here and uh, than what you may expect, you know, just the way things work. And uh, so most of the time, the, the one that's most popular that we have to adjust to, that most missionaries adjust to, is traffic. Uh, there's a lot of traffic here. It's different than traffic in L.A. or traffic in other parts of the U.S. Just the way the style of driving and the way it works um, uh, is, is just unique. So uh, that would be one as aspect of it. Um, the, the other is, to me, I see the Philippines as a lesson in contrast. You have, um, you have some... It doesn't take long to drive. You can, uh, in terms of finding places that are very upscale... And then places of where there's poverty, and so you see the you see the contrast. And um, but I would say for me, uh, learning to be able to understand um, Filipinos and how they process life and how they think through issues, because uh, they may not think through the issue the same way I would. And so being able to get to know them, uh, build a relationship, building relationships is the critical element here, not just to do ministry, but just to live. So everything's built around relationships with people. And, uh, and so I think learning that in my, my aspect uh, of living here makes it I feel like I'm more adjusting. I'm more getting acclimated to what life is like here. And, and sometimes you may, you may ask the question, why did they do this? Why did they do that? Um, when you think of it in terms of relationships, sometimes it begins to make more sense to me um, because it's the way they process life and the way they think, just in general, um, is sometimes different than, than, than we would as Americans. And so you do see the differences here, but it's a joyful place to be. Uh, we, we love living here. 
It's a very, very happy place. Everybody's just always joking. You actually can have a really serious conversation and then someone will bring a joke in. And it just, um, it's actually a lot of fun. There's just a lot of celebrations and um, a lot of um, really deep, deep relationships. I think one of the biggest changes is the fact that it's more relationship-focused rather than task-focused. It's not so much what you get done, but the relationship that you build with people. And that's one blessing. Um, the children and I can be a part of Vincent's ministry as we often go and travel and visit the different churches um, and we um, that he, of the pastors that he's training and really try to build a relationship just even with the people, the children with the people in his church um, and the pastor's wives. And that's one way that we, our family can really be a part of his ministry and a real a real needed and significant part just by building relationships with um, the pastors and their families and the churches that are involved in the training. That's neat. That's really exciting. Tell us a little bit about those churches you mentioned. There's um, the evangelical church is there, but what is the religious climate like in general and what is their attitude towards the evangelical church in general? Um, it's a very Roman Catholic country. Um, Catholicism reigns supreme here in terms of the, um, the religion of the country. Um, there's also another group, uh, Iglesia de Cristo, uh, translated Church of Christ, but it's different than the Church of Christ in America. Um, but the Roman Catholics and also the Iglesia de Cristo carry a lot of political weight as well um, in the government, and they can have that kind of influence in those kinds of things. On the one hand, it's kind of positive. Um, like, you know, in, in America, LGBT, being tolerant of that is very popular, it's very promoted. But here, uh, from an official stance, it's not. Um, and, uh, and and if a government agency tries to, to promote that, usually the Catholics and uh, the Iglesia de Cristo and, uh, will stand up against that. So in a sense, we're kind of protected. In terms of uh, the relationship with evangelicals, I would say there's it's... There's no fighting in the streets, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, they pretty much are tolerant of us in that regard. But they, they really, we're so small in terms of the population, the percentage. It's like they don't even, they kind of don't even recognize that we're here. But, uh, but on the other hand, you know, we work with evangelical churches, and so we see them everywhere. Um, but they're still... You know, a very small population or percentage of the population. And, and the groups that we work with are, they line up with us doctrinally as well. There's many evangelical groups out of that one to two, three percent that we would not line up with doctrinally. And we're still willing to teach them. Um, that would be like groups of more of a charismatic theology, those kinds of things. Uh, we're more willing to teach them, but most of the time they don't even consider us, you know, in that regard. Um, there is a heavy emphasis here. There is a, in the church, you would say amongst the evangelical church, there is an issue that we have to deal with in women preachers, women pastors. They call it pastora here. So, um, so we know of churches that are pastored by a woman. So dealing with that theologically, uh, becomes interesting. And, uh, so we, we know that that battle is ahead of us too, but we try to do it. At the same time of respecting the people, uh, not shaming them, uh, even if we disagree about an issue. Um, but the groups that we're working with right now, uh, they really enjoy what we're giving them in terms of exposure, preaching, those kinds of things. 
So uh, there's still a good contingent of people, of groups, of churches uh, that we can work with, um, even within that one to two percent. <laughs> so uh, it it opened, the doors are still open for us. That's pretty good. Or that's pretty sure. And Vincent, earlier you mentioned TMAI, and your main focus there is to be working with the training center. Can you tell us what the ministry looks like right now? What point is the training center at, and how do you minister there with that? Um, right now, we have two main programs that we teach. One is biblical studies program. It's like basics and how to study the Bible, Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, um, doctrine survey. We go into churches mainly and teach this. Um, we've taught this in Barakai to some pastors there. Uh, we also teach it locally uh, at a church in Quezon City. It's called Fairview Fundamental Baptist Church. We have a regular weekly meeting Thursday nights uh, for about three hours. It's a three-hour, every time we meet, it's a three-hour time slot. And then there's another church, GCFEs, which is near us um, here in Cayenta, where we live. So that program is, is taught to men and women because it's more like a Lagos type setup where you're, we're teaching pastors and Christian workers, church ministers, um, youth workers, children's ministry workers. So usually those who have some kind of teaching ministry in the local church. So this is a very broad program. But our other program is the um, preaching program. Uh, Expository Preaching and Pastoral Ministry Program. Now that program is for men only. Uh, this program assumes that you've you've gone through our Biblical Studies Program or you've had the equivalent level of training. Uh, they have to fill out an official application for this. Uh, they have to be approved and accepted into it. Uh, that Those courses are taught more at a graduate level in terms of the reading that they have to do and the assignments and that kind of thing. But we teach this. Right now, we're, we have five groups that we're training. And um, four of them are in a modular format where we, they, we only meet for one week at a time, twice a year. But when we're, it's like the doctoral ministry setup where you meet for one week, but then they have work to do outside of that uh, sessions. Uh, we have one group of guys that we're meeting with residentially or weekly. So it's the same materials, the same courses, the same structure, but it's, that was divided in. We'll meet for like 10 or 12 weeks at a time. Uh, usually we'll meet one day a week for about five to six hours in one day. So it's just a different way to get the material taught. And in a majority or a good portion of that preaching program, the men are actually preaching. So it's like preaching lab. And they're, they're taking what we've taught them, and we assign them a passage, they study, they prepare, and then they preach. And when you think about all the men, we added it up uh, with the four modular groups that we currently have. Uh, one is here in Manila, another one's in Baguio, we have one in Cebu, and one in Dada City. Uh, the residential group is definitely here in Manila with us. But if you add up all the groups together, we have already, and we've just been doing, we just launched the program a year ago, we have 75, no, 73 men. And it's just one year old. So uh, it's, it's once, as we continue forward, um, we will we'll start new batches of students, new groups of students. And the residential version of the course goes in two years. 
the modular program, it takes three years. So with the timing, that's just the way it works. Our plan is to start this first batch that we'll have residentially. They will finish at the end of November in terms of the classes. So we're hoping to start in January two different, two more groups meeting residentially. So one group meeting one place one day, and the other group meeting another place on another day. So that way we can be involved in both. Um, so that's that's how this works. And and I can't do it by myself. Neither can Sean or Alan. So we work together to do this. And uh, um, usually two of us try to be at every class if possible. Uh, some like when Sean and Alan they were just there at the Shepherds Conference. So I was myself manning the class back here. So uh, that's kind of how it works uh, for us. But um, uh, but it's a joy. I mean, and, and having seventy three students after one year. Um, and you know, it's just we see the potential that God could do that. We're thinking in the future we may have a master divinity program, but to get to that point, uh, it takes a lot of resources. It we may actually need some more men here to make that happen. So that's something we're talking with to in regard or talking with uh, with Mark Tatlock, uh, your husband, um, and others at the TMI office to see how that will work. Um, but that's. We're not rushing that, but that's something we're planning or thinking through. And uh, Well, it's so exciting to hear all of the interest and such the excitement already as you guys are starting um, and just the future plans, whatever the Lord has. And as you're talking about these different locations, Vincent, you're talking about this as in these are some different locations on different islands of the Philippines, correct? So this involves yes. travel for you as well. Yeah, we there's a, a Cebu Pacific Airlines is one of the major airlines that flies all around. It's like the domestic, I mean, they have international flights, but it's a very big domestic hub. And uh, so we're always flying uh, to these different churches. And uh, if, you, if you, any of you know Pastor Tim Carnes from Calvary Bible, he's actually coming out here to help us when we have the modular classes. And a modular class is, we, we do it in one week, from Monday to Saturday. It's 48 hours of instruction. And uh, and so all these men come together every day. Usually it's like nine to seven, 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 nine to five, and then nine to twelve. So it's a full week. And then Pastor Tim comes and helps us. So like for example in Cebu, he'll come to Cebu, and then the next week it's Davao or vice versa. So he when he's here, we're able to do two modules in two weeks. Um, and so like what's been happening is. Pastor Sean, Sean Ransom, will go to Davao and be with Tim there. And then Tim goes to Davao, or goes to Cebu, and I will show up at Cebu. So that way, Tim's in both helping us out, but then uh, I don't, I can focus on just one. And, um, and when, uh, coming up, my wife and I are in our family going to be on furlough April and May. There's a module at the end of April, the last week of April. There's a module the first week of May. So this time around, Alan's going to go to Davao to be with Tim to be in the group. And then Sean will meet with uh, Tim in Cebu, and they'll leave the module there while I'm on furlough. So being a team really helps that. Yeah. And it's the different places in the Philippines, um, the, the Baguio is northern um, or toward the northern part of the Philippines. Then Manila is in the bottom part of that island, so they, we actually drive to um, Baguio. And then Cebu is kind of the middle part of the Philippines, and Davao is actually the lower part 
um, the southern part of the Philippines. So we actually are able are in the three major regions of the Philippines, and so that really has been a blessing. And a, the goal is, to, as these modulars are finished, to go to other areas as well. Yeah. So you guys are working, obviously, within the whole geographic realm of the Philippines and working that out. Um, planning that in terms of a schedule, but also you have to work with the backgrounds of the men that you are training as well on what works for their schedule. So what is the background? Are these men who are working? Are these um, men who are full-time pastors? What is the background of most of your students? I'd say if we just talk about the preaching students, uh, the 73, most of them are pastoring churches. Um, uh, like, for example, in Baguio, this is also true of Cebu, um, you have one host church, the church that actually hosts us is the venue, but they, that church has many outreaches. So they'll, like in Cebu, it's called Living Word. That's the name of the church. And then there'll be a Living Word in a certain other area, Living Word in another area. So all the outreaches are called Living Word. So uh, the pastors that are in that group that are meeting with us, they're in different outreaches. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so they're, most of them, I would say, are pastoring weekly. We have some men who are, who are, Maybe involved in the church, they're like maybe going to be a future. They're like a future Timothy kind of thing, a future pastor, but they they have a job and so they work during the week. Um, and so when they when when we have a module training, they they have to get off work. They take vacation time for this, so that's a sacrifice on their part. Um, locally, the local version of this, where we meet weekly, uh, we just ask the men who would be in the class because we build relationships with them beforehand before we started. And we just asked them, would it be best to have one day a week or maybe two days a week at three hours a day? How would you want to do this? And so it worked out best for them to let's just come here one day and, and do a whole day, uh, one day a week. So we really tried to work around the men's schedules to try to figure out how to make this, how to implement it logistically. And so uh, in most regards, that's what's happened so far. And it worked out best for them. That's great. We're running a little short on time, Vincent, so I wanted to see okay. if you could tell us just briefly um, a testimony of one of the students. What would be one of the men who has come through your program that you could tell us a little bit about? Um, there's one man. His name's uh, Pastor Edwin Malasco, and uh, he was in one of the TMEI newsletters some time ago, but he was a, uh, worked on a ship for many, many, many years. And the Lord um, brought him back to the Philippines, and uh, he became a pastor of a church. And uh, when we when he first got involved with TMEI, this is before me being here in Allen. Uh, he was just working with Sean in the biblical studies program. God really got a hold of his heart to um, and uh, in regards to the training that he was receiving. And now he is a student in our preaching program. He meets with us weekly, and uh, he's just. He feels overjoyed uh, to be in the program, and he sees, I mean, I've seen in the last year, just uh, being trained in how to do expository preaching, how it's helping influence him. And so uh, we've been able to, we, he's not the church, he, passed, he, doesn't, he pastors the church, but it's not the church we visit every week, it's not the church we're a member of, but um, they have a yearly anniversary service. And I was able to do that a couple of times for him and be a, and actually show up there. And, and uh, I trained in some of his leadership classes. So I've seen him grow, and he just really loves the Lord. And it's good to see someone – or it's good to see the Lord grab a hold of someone and uh, just really uh, get him excited for what we're doing. And he's, 
he's just typical of, of the other students. Um, the students that remain with us are excited about what they're learning. And so um, that's he's just a, one testimony of that. That's great. Kimberly, can you tell us what a day in your life would look like? Sure. Um, we have some pictures, and so I think you see them. Um, the first picture is actually of some bread, and it's pandasal. And this actually was our norm, our Tuesday of this week. I took pictures throughout the week just to kind of give you a picture of what our day is like. And pandasal is actually um, a really um, typical Filipino breakfast, and there's little bakeries um, within the little communities, and you can actually go to them, and it's fresh baked every morning. And so we went and got some pandasal for the breakfast. And um, the kids really enjoy it. And then um, we brought the children to school. And then I actually, um, Tuesday is the TMI day. And so I dropped Vincent off at the class um, outside of our um, subdivision. It's actually about 10 minutes away from our house. And so he went and taught that day. Um, and then I had some errands to do. So the next picture actually shows just a local store. There's these little stores throughout the community. And it's called the Sorry Sorry Store which sorry means um, variety, and it just has, has all different kinds. And so I need to pick up something for lunch, and so we um, stopped at the store. And then um, the next picture is of the children of school. I said this is their actual um, exam week, and they even have exams in kindergarten, and so even in preschool. And so, um, but they're half days, and so I picked up, um, this is our two youngest children that are in school, and so I went and picked them up, and our little baby came with us. He loves to go to school, and he loves to be part of it. And so we picked them up from school. And then the next picture is of actually our kitchen. There's an inside kitchen and an outside kitchen called a dirty kitchen. And um, you can see we have like a two-burner stove, and then um, our oven is kind of um, separate as well. And so I actually often bring lunch to many of the um, some of the men in the preaching program. And so I started lunch and did some cooking. Um, then the next picture is when we picked up – I had to pick up my older son from school. He was done. And um, – they go to the same school, but they had three different pickups coming to stay. So it's kind of constantly busy. So we picked him up from school, and he's waving as he's coming out. And you can actually see some of the local um, um, transportation within the community that, um, that are around. And actually, like, the white little van is um, – Vincent will t- would take that home from the class, and it will take him to, his, to our house. And um, then I went home, picked up the um, – the food and my daughter and I went up to meet Vincent to bring the lunch to them and we actually went to the next picture is a fruit vendor. We went to pick up some bananas and actually ate some fruit and I went to a vegetable and we got some um, fruit and vegetable for them and um, the men were actually preaching when we did it so Vincent met um, Pastor Luciano was actually in the class so Vincent came out and um, we delivered the food and um, then we what, um, the next picture is my daughter and I went to lunch. There was actually a Jollibee, um, which is like a McDonald's kind of place. And so we went there, and this is our lunch. This is a typical, actually more um, typical, um, more of a festive type thing. There's spaghetti, and our kids love the Filipino spaghetti. There's hot dogs in it, and it's just really good. We're actually a little bit worried. We're coming back on furlough, and my mom is really known for her spaghetti. And our kids are going to like, where's the hot dogs and the spaghetti? No hot dogs. So we're a little worried that we're going to offend my mom there. But there's um, fried chicken and we um, and pineapple juice, and we ate. My daughter and I ate breakfast or lunch there, and just had some little fun time together. And then we came home, and the next picture is our older daughter. She walked home from school um, with her friend. And so she's just actually arriving home from school. Um, the next picture is um, of the our two youngest ones. It's it's um, 
it's starting to get hot season here and starting to get hot and so we don't um have a bathtub and so they were ready they were hot and sweaty and so they were going to take a bath and so we had these big um round um tubs and so we had gotten their bath water ready and here in the philippines um it is so hot during hot season you take three to five showers a day you're just constantly um showering and taking baths and so they were all ready and actually this is um, the tubs that we use to wash our laundry in, we um, on the top of our house, it's flat, it's a roof, and um, we do our laundry by hand up um, on the top of our um, our roof. Um, and so that's one of the tubs that we use, but they were getting ready for their, their bath. Um, the next picture is of my older son, and we often spend the afternoon doing homework um, because a lot of it is in Tagalog. We have to translate the homework and work together, and so I actually usually spend three to five hours in the afternoon and evening working with the children and studying over what they need to go. And um, it's just a different educational system than what they were used to, and so they're transitioning over to that. Um, the final or the next picture is um, we just before dinner we have a lot of visitors who come, and um, we actually had. Um, Somebody stopped. This is actually a picture of a death certificate. We had um, people who stopped by asking for food. Um, somebody in the community had died. Um, and actually, there's a squatters community, which is um, one of the poor communities. It's right up the street from us. And um, someone in their family had died. And so they go to the neighbors and ask for money to pay for money for their funeral. And so they stopped by that day. And so we were able to talk with them a little bit. And um, help them out a little bit. And then the final picture is our um, in our kitchen inside our house. Um, it's our dinner. We had tinola for those. I see some Filipinos in there, and so that's a typical Filipino um, meal, and um, it's one of my favorites. I love um, the different vegetables, and it's really a chicken soup with big pieces of um, either fruit or um, vegetable in it. And um, you can see Vincent's taking the picture, but it's our whole family there. And there's also two ladies um, who are sisters and um, her son that they actually live with us and they help um, they help do the laundry and different things um, and they um, are a blessing to me because there's somebody that I can practice my Tagalog with um, while I'm at home and still be at home rather than having to go out into the community and do things and it's um, just been um, it was a good day so <laughs> that's a typical day <laughs> that sounds pretty full <laughs> <laughs> It, it is. <laughs> you both are quite busy, it sounds like, and there's plenty to do always. But thank you so much for sharing those pictures with us. That really helps us get a good feel and a good taste for, for some of the life in the Philippines. Um, is there something that we can be praying for you guys? What are some specific things that you'd like to leave us with? Because we'd like to know how we can be supporting you in prayer. Sure. Obviously, the ministry, and you can always be praying for the ministry, but three specific requests is in about two and a half weeks, on April 4th, our family is going to be leaving for our first furlough. And so we're going to be flying back to the U.S. We're going to be gone only in the U.S. for about 10 weeks. It's during our children's summer break. Um, and so you can just be praying for that. It's going to be a really busy time, um, but we want to be connecting with our supporters and our church and then our family um, and our um, friends back then. Um let me, um, one thing I want to add is on our furlough, we're flying to the U, uh, U.S., we're flying to the East Coast first, but we're going to be in California uh, for part of that as well, uh, in L.A., from like May 17th to June uh, June 4th, something like that. So we're going to be in the area, and um, we're actually going to be able to stay at the Grace Missions House uh, that's available to us. 
but um, but just be praying for that because um, we'll be traveling around the different churches, the churches that support us, in trying to meet with our supporters during that period of time, and it's only 10 weeks that we have. So um, uh, we can really appreciate your prayers. The, the next item that we have is the Steve Lawson Conference is coming up, and that is a conference that's um, being held here in the middle of June, and uh, it's, it's in an area that's um, kind of a central Manila area. Um, where people can attend, but uh, they're already starting to promote it um, and uh, promoting the conference. And it's, it's, it's a three-day conference, but it's divided into two small conferences. Thursday and Friday, June 15th and 16th, is a pastor's conference. So they're praying to have 700 pastors. That will fill the room if they can get 700 pastors. Um, and then Saturday is a conference open to everyone, and it's on the sufficiency of Scripture. So... Um, a group of people from, I think, High Rock Church was there recently at the Shepherds Conference, and uh, High Rock is actually trying to organize the conference in, uh, in conjunction with us. And so uh, uh, they were there. They absolutely were able to meet Steve Lawson. So everybody's getting excited. But be in prayer for that. And the goal is, to, since they're meeting 700 pastors, the goal is to actually do some advertising for mm-hmm. Team AI. And the goal is in January to take a survey to see who would be interested. And in January, they hope to start two more residential programs, um, mainly from some of the men from that conference. So just be in prayer. And then the final thing is just pray for the salvation of our children. Um, You know, um, they, um, even though we're missionaries and they do hear the gospel a lot, you know, the Lord has to save them. And so we're just really praying that God would um, work in their hearts. And we do see them working, but just we always ask prayer for our, our children. Well, if you'd let me, I would go ahead and pray and close us right now. We'd love to have a time just to pray with you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for Vincent and Kimberly, Lord. We thank you for how you saved them and called them to yourself, God, for how you brought them into ministry, how you uniquely blessed them and prepared them for this specific ministry that you've given them, Lord. We thank you for how you've blessed the Philippine ministry, for preparing the ransoms for years to be there and to just set the groundwork and lay the foundation of what would be the training center, God. We thank you so much for this wonderful response, Lord, to even just this first year of training. God, we ask that you would be with each of these men with their desire, with their heart, Lord, with their loves, that they would be focused on you, God, and not just in a knowledge of Scripture that they're attaining, God, but that their heart would be truly to honor and glorify you and that they would return to their churches um, better equipped, God, not only to teach and to preach but also to shepherd their flock. God, we also pray that you would bring many more men, Lord, as they see the influence of these men who have returned now to their churches with greater training. We ask, Lord, that you would bring more to the training center, God, to be um, taught in your word, Lord, and how to teach it to others. We ask that this upcoming conference would be a wonderful um, tool, Lord, that would really get the word out so that others would know of what's available to them, Lord, and that they would also have the opportunity to be trained. God, we do pray for Steve Lawson as he prepares to come and do the conference. We ask for his health, for his uh, perseverance, and that you would keep keep him um, sustained, Lord, throughout his time of teaching. We pray for a wonderful response, God, that you would bring those 700 and even more, if it be your will, Lord, to hear uh, your word being taught. May they be encouraged and convicted, and may their lives be changed by understanding how sufficient your word truly is, God. 
We also want to specifically pray, Father, for uh, Vincent and Kimberly's ministry to the people that they interact with each day, Lord. We thank you for the many opportunities you give them as their family is a light in the world that they're in there, Father. We thank you for the children and the wonderful transition that they've had, for the warm response that they've had at school, for um, their reception, and for them even feeling like they are home, God. And we just ask that you continue to grow in them a love for the Philippines and a love for serving there. And, Father, we do ask that your Holy Spirit will work in each of their hearts, that you would save them, that you would call them to yourself, God, and use them mightily for your kingdom. God, we're so grateful for the ministry. We do pray that you would continue to bless that, to... um, Draw honor and glory to your name through their lives, Lord. Thank you so much in your son's name. Amen. Well, Vincent and Kimberly, we wanted to give you a little pan of our room here. And we wanted to have a chance to wave goodbye to you. Thank you so much, you guys, for getting up so early for us. And we enjoyed being serenaded by the dogs with you and hearing about what the Lord is doing there. Well, we just for, uh, thank you so much for your prayers and thank you for um, just being interested in our ministry and it was a blessing for us as well. Yeah, we appreciated uh, the opportunity to be able to share and just keep us in your prayers, keep Team Philippines in your prayers, and um, we we definitely appreciate the prayers of, of God's people. Wonderful, and we'll look forward to seeing you, Lord willing, in a month or so. All right, we'll yeah. for you guys. We'll be there. All right, we'll be praying for your time here. God bless you thank guys. You. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.